It must have been late 1997 or early 1998 when I got a call from Norman Grossfeld. He was working at a syndication company, and I had worked with him on a few different projects over the years, and we had stayed in touch and became friends. He knew I was working on a direct-to-video series called Slayers, adapting the scripts and casting the actors and directing the actors. And so he called me and he said, I think I may have a job for you. And he described a series that his company, 4Kids, was syndicating. He said it was about these kids who captured these little monsters, and then the monsters would fight. And I said, hey, is this a series that's been in the news that sent all the kids to the hospital in Japan? And he said, yeah, but we're not going to show that episode. My name is Michael Hegney, and I am the original Pokemon. If you're listening to this, I assume you're a fan of the original Pokemon TV series in English, and if that's the case, I thank you. It's still the thing that when people ask me what I do, I say, oh, well, I adapt cartoons. Uh, You may have heard of this show, Pokemon. And of course, they always have. If you're a hardcore fan of anime, you probably hate me. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I'm sorry about that, but I understand it. The adaptation has gotten praise in more recent years, but originally it got a lot of criticism. And we'll be dealing with that through the series. And I take the responsibility and blame for a lot of those things, but not all of them. The title of this podcast may seem a little self-aggrandizing, and that is not my intention. I figured if I have something called original and something close to the word Pokemon, more people who might be interested in listening could find it on the internet. I'm in no way trying to suggest that I am the original creator of Pokemon or that I'm the most important person involved with the American version of the television series, but I was responsible for casting the actors, directing the actors, and adapting the scripts. So I am the person responsible or whom you can blame for how the American version of the TV series originally sounded and for what the characters said. A few things kind of precipitated me getting the idea to do the podcast, the show Office Ladies, which is a podcast about the office. I know there are a lot of other podcasts and YouTube channels that review series of different kinds, but I haven't really followed any of them, and I am really unfamiliar with virtually all of the Pokemon podcasts. I've seen only a few minutes of a couple of YouTube sessions with some of the actors, and so that's one of the inspirations. The other inspiration is that couple of minutes that I saw of some of the actors who were at a convention, and one of the actors who shall remain nameless, at least for now, said something about something connected with Pokemon, which was absolutely untrue. That gets me to something that I want to say right at the outset. I'm being as honest as, well, I'm being honest. I'm not putting a degree on it. I'm being honest about my recollections and memories and about the facts surrounding the adaptation and the production of the Pokemon TV series in English. That's not to say that everything I say is true. I'm not intending to lie and I'm not intending to be dishonest. But I think that when we remember things, we remember things many times the way we want to remember them, which may not have a real strong correlation to how the things actually happened. 
I am more than happy to admit that that's going to be the case here because I've heard it from someone else. I absolutely know that what this person said was untrue. As far as I remember, what the actual fact is, I guess uh, no one may ever know. In this podcast series, I'm going to tell you some things about the American version of Pokemon that I think you don't know. I'm also sure that there are things about the TV series that you know that I don't know. That's why I need you to help me go on this journey. My email address is originalpokeman at gmail.com. That's originalpokeman at gmail.com. Email me with any comments, questions, memories, or criticisms, or anything you want to tell me. And that way, just like the theme song says, you teach me and I'll teach you. And together, I hope we can have a happy, nostalgic look back at a show that meant a lot to me, and I hope it meant something to you too. So now, for the first time in probably 20 years or more, I'm going to have a look at the very first episode of the American version of Pokemon. Wish me luck. Okay, well, I could try to fake this, but I'm not going to. When I first decided to do this podcast, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to need to do any research. I'm not going to listen to any other podcasts. I'm not going to read any articles. I'm not going to dive deep into this thing. I'm just going to tell you what my memories are of each episode. But once I looked at the episode, I started to do a little research because there were things in there that I now see are meaningful that I did not see at that time. I watched this episode again, and then I watched the original Japanese in a subbed version that I found online. Let me give you what my initial reactions are. First of all, the visuals. Everything looks so clear. I never saw the show like this. When I would adapt the show, four kids would send me a VHS. I hope at least some of you know what or remember what a VHS is. It was a VHS cassette of a low-resolution version of the show, and that's what I wrote to. We also recorded and mixed to a low-res version. So I never saw the audio laid back to the final high-res version or the highest-res version that they had at that time. Apparently, on the 15th anniversary of the Pokemon TV series premiere, Nintendo released HD versions. It converted the original series or the original episodes in HD. I don't know how many seasons. I assume that's the version I watched. So I never saw the show like that while I was working on it. And that ties in with something that I'll deal with in a future episode. And that's Lip Flap. The second thing, which is a big topic, is the way we pronounce Pokemon. It's a disaster. And uh, <laughs> Ash does not say it right. The announcer, Roger Parsons, who I understand is still doing the series, which is great because that's a nice continuity for the show. I think that's great. And Roger's a very, very nice guy. I'm glad for him. But he didn't say it correctly either. And that's not any of the actors' fault. We were unsure at the beginning of how to pronounce the name of the show and the name of the creatures. Was it Pokemon? Pokemon? We didn't know. The only one in this episode who says it correctly, or what came to be known as correctly, Pokemon, is the announcer of the televised Pokemon match that's going on at the very beginning of the episode. I looked back at the credits, and because of the way the credits were done on the series, which I'll talk about in a future podcast, I can't tell who this actor was. I don't remember. So my guess is that either 
we did it before everyone else was saying Pokemon or after and changed it, and I honestly don't remember. The story of the first episode is that we meet Ash Ketchum, and he's going to get his first Pokemon and become a Pokemon trainer, and he's going to go on his Pokemon journey. His mom tells him to stop watching the Pokemon battles, get to bed, tomorrow's a big day, and he does that. And then we see him in his dreams thinking about what his first Pokemon is going to be. Is it going to be Bulbasaur? Is it going to be Squirtle? Is it going to be Charmander? And there's like a shelf behind his bed. And on that shelf is a little Pokemon merchandise, a Voltorb. And it eventually falls into his hand as he's dreaming of capturing a uh, Pokemon. The thing is that the stations that we always had to contend with their broadcast uh, standards and practices, BS&P, they don't like it when you put show merchandise in the show because it seems like selling. Honestly, I don't think that that would have been okayed by the stations if they had really realized that that was Pokemon merchandise. They don't like that. This is a big, big topic that I will get into later that affects a lot of the material that was taken out of Pokemon and that earned four kids a lot of vilification by a lot of hardcore fans. I'll explain in subsequent episodes. Very early on, we get to what I think is probably my first goof, my first of many. Professor Oak is identified as a Pokemon expert. And I don't think that's a thing. I found a subtitled version of the first episode in the original Japanese, and they have Professor Oak as a Pokemon researcher. And I'm not blaming Paul Taylor. I don't have his original translations anymore. My guess is I had researcher, or maybe it was an expert. I don't know. I blame myself for that one, though. Another thing, the title card where we say and show the name of the episode, in this case, Pokemon, I Choose You, has a different background than any of the others I've seen. I looked at a couple of show title cards in other episodes, just spot-checking a few, and I never saw that green and white background again. The Japanese version does have it, though, so I guess it was just taken from there. Why it was changed later to that kind of 3D pebbly blue, I don't really know. The next morning, Ash is awakened by a Dodrio. Of course, there wouldn't be a rooster in the Pokemon world, although that's an issue that was frequently talked about in the recording sessions with engineers, mostly with Ron London. But it shows that Ash lives in a pretty rural area, the Kanto region of the Pokemon world. I did a little research, and there is a relationship between the regions and towns and places that are in the Pokemon series to real places in Japan. We will leave that for another time. The story continues, and Ash wakes up late. He realizes that his uh, Pidgey alarm clock didn't go off right, and uh, he races over to Professor Oaks. He's still wearing his pajamas, and he sees, for the first time, Gary, who is voiced by Carter Cathcart. And the question I have is, Gary seems older than Ash. Now, he's larger than Ash, he's taller than Ash, but he seemed older to us. And so why he's just now getting his first Pokemon is a little bit puzzling. The kids who are interested in being Pokemon trainers, which Gary obviously is, are allowed to get their first Pokemon on their 10th birthday. But why Gary would have waited longer, especially because he's Professor Oak's grandson, you would think, if anything, he might, you know, get a little head start on some of the other kids. But what that is or why that is, I don't know. I don't believe it was ever explained in any of the episodes that I was involved with. Maybe it was later. The first little visual change from the Japanese, I believe, in this first episode appears 
at about six minutes and 50 seconds. You may recall the big controversy about Pokemon, one of the episodes that had some flashing images, which we'll deal with in a later episode, sent some kids to the hospital in Japan. Everybody four kids was aware of this. And so they've slowed down and kind of muted some of the visuals of flashing lights. You see it here when Pikachu comes out of his Pokeball, and a few times in this and following scenes, and then uh, later when there's a big explosion. They were very, very leery and careful about not repeating that experience in the American version. So that's the first instance I've seen of that. So Ash kind of has to settle for Pikachu, and Pikachu right away shows his personality by refusing to get into the Pokeball. We quickly learn that Pikachu is a very independent electric mouse-type Pokemon. He shocks Ash, he shocks Professor Oak, and in the following scene, Ash and Professor Oak go outside, and Ash's mom is there with a cheering crowd, a rooting section for Ash, as he embarks on his Pokemon journey, and his mom notes that Pikachu should be in the ball. Ash tries to get him in the ball again. Doesn't work. Ash's mom says, wow, you know, it's a little weird. Pikachu does not like this, and he shocks everybody. By the next scene, some time has elapsed. Ash is trudging along. He's wearing rubber gloves, and he's pulling Pikachu along with the clothesline that his mom had supplied him with. And there's a little bit of a joke that caused a problem when we were making the show. Ash says to Pikachu, couldn't you be a little nicer and just open your mouth and tell me what's wrong? And Pikachu responds by opening his mouth wide. And we see in this little bubble, his teeth, as if he's like baring his teeth. Apparently, it's a kind of a pun, and puns are very difficult when you're trying to adapt a series. And according to the subtitled version of the Japanese episode that I watched, there is a pun here, and the pun is on the word hanashi. And hanashi can mean, I guess, to talk, but ha-nashi, apparently two words, could mean toothless. And so Ash says, hey, won't you even talk to me using hanashi? And then Pikachu opens his mouth and shows Ash his teeth. And then Ash replies something about, well, at least you're not toothless. I don't think Ash gets the joke, but I'm not sure. I couldn't find verification for ha-nashi, meaning toothless. It seems to make sense. Whether I knew that at the time or that was in Paul Taylor's translation, I don't know. But either way, I'm not sure I would have done anything much differently than I did, even though it's not great. A little piece of Ash dialogue at about 14.16 in the episode proves that we were unsure about one major fact when we started adapting the series. Was Pikachu male or female? Here, Ash refers to Pikachu as it. I remember at the time wanting to know if Pikachu was male or female, because I didn't want to keep calling Pikachu it. It just sounded weird. You wouldn't refer to a dog that way. You would say he or she. But my recollection is that no one at four kids knew for sure if Pikachu was male or female. I've only recently discovered how you can tell a male Pikachu from a female Pikachu. The male Pikachu has a straight-ended tail, and the tail of a female Pikachu is rounded as if it were the top of a heart shape. Apparently, in a much more recent episode of Pokemon, Pikachu tries to disguise himself as a female Pikachu by taping 
a heart shape to the end of his tail. Uh, I haven't seen the episode, so I'm not sure if he was successful. Over the next several scenes, Ash meets new Pokemon. He sees a Rattata. He angers a Spearow, which attacks. He and Pikachu flee. The flock of Spearow attack Pikachu and hurt him. Ash takes Pikachu into his arms. They get to a waterfall. They plunge over the waterfall into the water below. And eventually they're fished out by Misty, who is trawling for water-type Pokemon. I checked back with the subbed Japanese version. And in that, when she gets a bite and she's pulling on the line, she thinks or she hopes that what she has on the line is what she calls a legendary Pokemon. Now, at that time, we didn't know anything about legendary Pokemon, or at least I didn't. So I translated it differently. But in the previous scene, when Ash and Pikachu are underwater, Ash is startled when he sees a large Pokemon, which we eventually learned was Gyarados, or Gyarados, or Gyarados. We probably pronounce that 16 different ways, too. Anyhow, this is Ash's first meeting with Misty. And, of course, they're going to have a long journey together. But in this first episode, when Misty yanks Ash and Pikachu to safety on the shore, she rushes over and she's very concerned. And Ash thinks she's concerned about him. But actually, she's worried about Pikachu because she loves Pokemon so much. And in the original Japanese version... When he says, oh, I'm okay, she slaps him across the face and says, I'm not worried about you. I'm concerned about the Pokemon. How could you treat it this way? (laughs) Naturally, uh, four kids had to take that out. For some reason, broadcast standards and practices does not like kids slapping each other in the face. Go figure. Misty then tells Ash that he needs to get Pikachu to a medical center. And he says, a hospital? And she says, yeah, for Pokemon. And she points him in the right direction, and he runs up, and he jumps on her bicycle and takes it. And this does not make her happy, and he tells her, I'll bring it back to you someday. And he furiously pedals away. The skies darken, it starts to rain, the Spiro are still in pursuit. Ash rides off a cliff, crashes the bicycle, and uh, Pikachu and he seem doomed. Ash begs Pikachu to get in the ball for Pikachu's sake. Pikachu is very weak. And Ash turns and stands up to the Spearow and says that he's going to be the greatest Pokemon master. He's going to defeat them all. And suddenly Pikachu finds the strength. He leaps up on Ash's shoulders and shocks everybody. And the Spearow disappear, the clouds part, and Ash and Pikachu have created a bond which will probably last forever, I'm guessing. Right near the end, when Ash and Pikachu are kind of reviving, Ash turns and looks skyward and he sees something flying. He wonders aloud what that is, and the Pokedex responds that there are still Pokemon which haven't been identified yet. It turns out that was a legendary Pokemon, Ho-Oh. So it flies towards the rainbow, and the music swells, and we see Ash and Pikachu walking off, and our announcer tells us that they're in for a lot of laughs, adventures, and that their story is to be continued. That's in English in the original Japanese version of every episode I worked on. Maybe that's not exactly surprising, but rather shocking, as Professor Oak might say. I hope you enjoyed episode one of Original Pokemon. Next time in episode two, we'll meet Ash's arch enemies, 
a power pack of Pikachu, and the phenomenal females of Pokemon. Plus, I'll reveal my most petrifying Pokemon discovery. That's all next time on Episode 2 of Original Pokemon. Please write to me with your comments, questions, and criticisms. My email address is originalpokemon at gmail.com. This is Michael Hegney. Thanks a lot for listening.